Welcome to SpotCast, your single point of contact podcast for the service management and support industry, brought to you by HDI. Smarter service, better business, HDI. On the web at thinkhdi.com. I'm your host for SpotCast, Roy Atkinson. On this episode, I'm talking with Michael Kublin, the founder and president of PeopleTech, a leadership coaching and development company specializing in helping leaders, teams, organizations, and cultures achieve their full potential. Michael's vision is individual, team, and organizational excellence, which he fosters by connecting leaders, teams, and organizations to the coaching, development, and tools they need to be successful. Mike received his MBA from Nova Southeastern University, and he's the author of 12 Steps for Courageous Leadership, The Leadership Journey, and The Leadership Journey to Moving Beyond the Barriers. Mike will be delivering a breakout at Service Management World called The Common Denominator is the Differentiator, Lead Your Culture. Mike, you talk about learning how to get your organization out of the mud puddle. Can you describe the mud puddle and what typically gets organizations into it? I love that image, by the way. A mud puddle can exist for any person, team, or organization. And generally, it can take one person to make a difference and get everyone out of it. But what is a mud puddle and how do you get stuck in them? What I call the mud puddle is that we have a, an issue or a problem and then we keep spinning around and spinning around. And it's generally regarding our people skills and, and holding ourselves and others accountable to dealing with people in a healthy, honoring, and respectful manner. So what are these things that happen? Well, at different levels look at things in a little bit different way. If you're a senior, senior leader trying to impact a culture, a mud puddle is why do they just not get it? Why aren't they changing fast enough? Why aren't they implementing this new way of thinking and this new innovation that we've been working on implementing. Um, how do I help people take accountability with this? And I'm not, I'm not doing it. So instead of going and, and getting help in developing soft skills, what they end up doing is, is more complaining about it and, and knowing they're stuck and they can't get out. If you look at, at, Middle management or people that had gotten promoted into management and have been there a while or maybe a year or two, and they've never been developed. So they really have no tools, no methods in order to build trust, to build their team, to build cohesiveness, accountability. And what ends up happening is they end up doing it the way they did it when they were a technician. And because they were such a great technician, they keep using the same skills and starting to think, why is this not working? I'm, I'm, I'm doing it the way I did it, and I want everyone to do it the way I do it, and they're not doing it that way. Why is it not working for me? And it may not be working for me because I'm not getting along with my superiors, I'm not getting along with my coworkers, I'm not getting along with my vendor partners, and I just don't understand where I'm getting this friction. 
Other things they struggle with, I've been doing management for a long time. Why am I not getting promoted? What's going on for me? I'm stuck. My career is stuck. Why, why aren't they recognizing the great things that I'm doing? And then if you're looking at the perspective of a uh, individual contributor that, that I look at at PeopleTech, everyone is a leader, all no matter what your title is, they're saying, why isn't management doing this? Why is this changing so rapidly? What is this all about? The communication here is very poor, and I can't get the things that I need to to service the customers properly. So everybody that's in these mud puddles that we ultimately get into, we're putting ourselves in there, and instead of healthy, honoring, and respectfully taking ownership and accountability as individuals, we're looking at it's everyone else that's doing it, and it's not us. So how do we take ownership and accountability to build muscles that are people, what I call people skill muscles, soft skill muscles, we hear about them, but the soft skills are really the hard skills. Um, if you go to a gym and you swing a kettlebell, you don't like to go and you don't like to do it, it's the same thing with handling conflict in a healthy, honoring, respectful manner. To be able to be good at it and to be good with those relationships and to deal with the most difficult things that come up, you got to build muscles in that area. And too often we think we can read a book or take one class and the muscles are built. Well, that's going to keep us stuck in the mud puddle because these muscles need to be honed all the time. They need to be developed all the time. They need to be uh, nurtured all the time. And unless we're doing that on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis with continual leadership learning as individuals, as teams, and as organizations, the mud puddles are not going to be easy to get out of. You said something very interesting to me when, when you were talking about uh, the mud puddle issues. You said, I want everyone to do it the way I did it. And I think that's yeah. a trap that we tend to fall into. Uh, can, can you talk a little bit more about that and how we can avoid thinking that way? What ends up happening is because we naturally have skills, abilities, and talents, when we go into any role, we tend to apply those skills, abilities, and talents. Why? Because they come so easy to us. Well, they become easy to us. We end up translating that, that everyone, it comes easy to. Why do they not do it that way? So if we're a very detailed, critical thinking, very, very analytical person, and suddenly we are promoted, we think everyone is detailed, analytical, critical thinking. And some people's, what I call magic dust, and what we at PeopleTech call magic. Well, some people, they're good at influencing because they're great with social skills, people skills. They may not be as critical thinking as I am. So all of a sudden, I get into management, and then I'm starting to say, why aren't they thinking the way I think? Why aren't they doing it the way I do it? And because they've not been trained and nurtured that that is the real diversity that's out there, not the diversity of differences of that all is part of it as well. But the issue is, is what is the diversity of style? 
What is the diversity of, of skill, abilities, and talents? What is the diversity of, of what comes naturally and what it needs to be released in every human being that they do better than anyone else and it comes easiest to them? Well, that's the job that they're going to excel at. That's the job that they're going to uh, want to be at every day, be engaged. And unfortunately, we try to engage them as, like we are and, and, and it doesn't work because uh, they, they need to be who they are. And we each need to be who we are. So it's the understanding from the beginning that, that as leaders, we need to coach people that have all these differences. And whether you use various tools to learn this, you know, like in people tech, we use like 30 different tools. And whether you use tools to learn this, whether you learn it from people giving you feedback and receiving feedback, whether you get it from observing yourself and observing others, you need to understand that the real inclusion is the understanding and the coaching of everyone with, with all their traits, with all their skills, with all their abilities, and how they approach things. Is that? Yeah, yeah. thank you. Right? Yeah, and I think that a lot of that comes from what uh, Chip and Dan Heath refer to as the curse of knowledge, right? I know it, therefore I think everybody knows it. And we tend to assume that people are going to respond to things the same way we do. So that was that was a very good explanation. Thank you. Thank you. So, so, so if we take that up a level, one of the things we often see is that, you know, let's keep doing the things the way we've always done them. Is, is bad business, right? But it's, it, it becomes part of the business culture. And therefore, the culture might need transformation. And transforming a culture, a work culture, is, is difficult. Can people play a role in that at every level of the organization, or does it have to come from the top down? What a, what a great question, Roy. Uh, our belief at People Tech is that everyone could play a role in it and and influence it. The thing is, is what what does the culture expect? So sometimes it's difficult when a culture expects behavior that is not really healthy, honoring, and respectful. It got that way somehow. Now, each individual has the power within themselves to work at not joining a behavior or actions that are not healthy, honoring, and respectful and part of a cultural that, that they would want to be part of because it's, it's not treating people with dignity and respect and at the same time not engaging like the culture wants to be. So the issue is, is to find out what culture do we want to be? Let's be it on purpose and let's nurture that in the best possible manner. Most of the time, the culture does get set from the top. However, someone in any position can take ownership, accountability, and responsibility when they know something doesn't feel right. Now, sometimes you say, oh, well, they're just complaining, they're just arguing, they're just doing this, and they're just doing that. Well, that's why we need to learn how to do it in a healthy, honoring, respectful manner. We need to choose when is the appropriate time to give the feedback and to receive feedback. 
we can't just blurt things out. We may need to do things in private. We may need to do things in public that's, again, done in a respectful manner to the culture you're in. But anyone at any level can start to challenge things. For example, if you look at trust, well, people can see sometimes why aren't we trusting each other? Well, we're all holding grudges. Well, if we hold grudges for long periods of time, it resentments build up. Well, anyone can say, how do we process these resentments? How do we handle these in a healthy way with the team that we're on? How do we start behaving differently so that we could expect a different outcome in the situation that we're in? You brought up a great point. You know, we've done it this way for so long. Why don't we keep doing that? Well, that's another way to get stuck in a mud puddle because the vision, mission, goals, measures, and the and what we're doing to get there all become unclear. So everyone makes it up based on their own thoughts of what this could be instead of in a healthy, honoring way, talking about where we're going, gaining alignment about why we're going there, processing the grudges and the things that happen in terms of healthy, honoring, respectful. Now, sometimes it people don't work out. And instead of trying to coach and deal with that, we say we've done the coaching. We say we've done the feedback. We say we've given it in a healthy, honoring way. But what we find is that's never been done. If that's been done for an extended period of time, for a month, two months, six months, and we've done this healthy, honoring, and respectful coaching around the vision, mission, goals, and culture we're trying to create, and people are still not getting it, well, maybe they don't fit in the culture that's attempting to be created. Does this make sense? Yes, absolutely so. And it raises a couple of other points. You, You mentioned that people will make it up. And I think that's something that a lot of times we miss, understanding that where there's a communication gap, People will fill it in yes. with with something that they assume you meant or something that they think you meant or something they heard from someone else that you meant. And so communication is so important as part of this entire process. It, Roy, you're hitting such a nail on the head because you know how hard it is even with just two people to communicate clearly and to ask for clarification and not assume this is exactly what's meant and run off and start to do things without clarity in 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 the mind and and you know the different mistakes that that happen and every thing like that is a minute that's costing the company money because if you calculate the hourly wage of everybody every minute that we're not good at communication and handling these issues and working through conflict What ends up happening, it's a minute that could be invested in other things. So if you multiply that out by hundreds of people or 10 people, etc., you're you're putting a lot of productivity in hard dollars, not not using it in the best way possible for the company to create the culture you want to create. And and that's a great point, too. A lot of times people don't understand that literally time is money. So a lot of time that gets misspent winds up costing enormous sums of money. Exactly. Exactly. And speaking of kind of spinning wheels and wasting time, 
people wait large amounts of time waiting for permission to do things or to change things. How can people learn to stop waiting and give themselves that permission? And, and should they, and under what circumstances should they, do you think? Now that's, that's a really powerful question. I think every person, no matter what level you are, needs to have a vision, mission, goals, and measures for themselves and their career. If they know where they're going and they know what they're trying to achieve, both on a personal basis and in the role that there is, a business basis, so you need two of those, vision, mission, goals, measures, behavior, and then what behavior am I gonna use to get it there? What, what happens is, again, in the role that they have, if everyone is aligned with where what we're trying to achieve, and there are certain qualities and things that aren't, these expectations and things aren't being met, we owe it to each other and to ourselves to start to discuss it again, and I highlight this healthy, honoring, respectful. We're not there to just shout out things. We're not there to just provide an idea. There are tons and tons and tons of ideas out there. The issue is, is taking an idea and implementing it through execution, through alignment and through execution. So the issue, how do we handle it is when we start to feel these resentments building up, these angers, these different things, and in a healthy, honoring way, honor that that's happening and address it, I say as soon as possible, with someone that has impact. You certainly don't want to do water cooler talk because water cooler talk is another way that teams and entire organizations get stuck in the mud puddle and can't get out. And then there's more talking behind everybody's back and gossiping rather than dealing direct with each other. And so the culture is having these back channels of communication rather than all of it being upfront, vulnerable and honoring with each other. So we owe it to our career to take ownership that we're going to do our role with the highest level of quality and productivity and if we've signed up for that role, part of that is to have the communication skills that we can deal with things in the appropriate manner when they come up. Sometimes, you know, people aren't willing to hear. And if you, again, given it enough of a chance over and over and over again in, and I'm going to repeat it again, healthy, honoring, respectful manner then maybe it's time that you don't fit that role and that assignment and it's time to move on. And you know when that is and you know if you've given it the right amount of time and the right amount of energy, effort and emotion in order to handle things that aren't where they should be. Mike, will you talk about having a personal vision, mission, goals, measures and behaviors laid out for yourself? Is it a valuable exercise yes. for people to do that? I'm assuming that you've done that with various groups and, and have you seen good outcomes from that? Again, if you don't know where you're going and why you're going there, you will not, uh, everyone's going to, to what we talked about before, make, make it up. 
and they make it up based on where they think it's going and their skills, abilities, and talents. So you, you can't have everyone going in different directions. So it's wonderful to take time and to spend time creating your vision, your mission, your goals, your measures, and what values and behaviors are we going to live by so that we can succeed? What you need to start certainly as an individual, every leader that's leading any kind of a team, the team should have it. And I don't care if they're the smallest team of two people uh, in a company of thousands, they need to have it. And then the entire company needs to have it. Where are we going? What are we trying to create? Why are we trying to create this? What's our vision? Uh, what is the mission? How we plan on getting there? What are the three areas or four areas that we want to focus on? And then it needs to be broken down to be specific to the role that every every person plays. And just taking the time to work that through brings clarity. I do recommend a book called The One-Page Business Plan by a guy named Jim Horan, H-O-R-A-N. I find that that lays it out so simply and clearly. Uh, yes, to your point, people tech, we do this all the time. In the leadership journey, we make every single person that attends create their vision, their mission, their goals, their measures, and the behavior they're going to have in order to make it come to reality. So it's so important because and it needs to be worked on throughout your entire career, not just when you enter business, through the entire time you're in business and ultimately when you leave. I recently interviewed David Cannon, who is a strategist, and he talked of something very similar. He said that a year is a very long time in business, and that if yes. you're creating a, a strategy for a year, it's probably not going to be good at the end of that year, so that it needs to be consistently renewed. And I think you're saying the same thing about this approach from a personal level, having a personal strategy, as it were, so that you, you can test the waters as you go through whatever period you decide is appropriate and make adjustments as you go. That's, that's exactly it. And Roy, so I agree with that 100%. That again gets to those mud puddles. You know when you're stuck, right? So why get there? Why not get, why get there? Start working on this and keeping it active, looking at it monthly, looking at it quarterly, looking at it six months, every other. Keep working on it in an ongoing fashion, just like you're doing a kettlebell swing. You and Jan Meyer Rodriguez wrote the 12 steps for courageous leadership. Correct. Does yes. leadership always take courage? And maybe more importantly, can courage be learned? Or is it something that we call that we attribute to natural leaders, as it were? Uh, are they born with it? It's a phenomenal question. My belief and Jan's belief and, and all the coaches at People Tech believe that everyone is a leader and that we all have to demonstrate the courage, and we call it a term called courageability, the art and science of living your career and your life on purpose and not by mistake. So what does that mean? Well, that means that we can build skills, abilities, and talents to demonstrate influence so that first we start to influence ourselves and then we can influence others. There is a speech that we do, first lead 
yourself, then lead others. Well, everything needs to start with you. And small acts of courage, doing something that doesn't feel comfortable, that sitting down and writing a vision, mission, goals, that's not going to be comfortable your first time, your second time, your third time, your fourth time. But it's going to get comfortable and you're going to get used to having it and you're going to get used to knowing where you're going. And that way your team is it may be uncomfortable in the beginning, but they're going to get used to knowing where they're going. The thing is, can anybody do it? Yes. Is everyone going to have as much influence as everybody else? That depends on your point of view. Our, my opinion is yes, because even if you are not demonstrating this courage or building your courage ability muscles, what you're doing is those muscles are sitting in you and they're getting stagnant. So they're, they're muscles that need to be developed. Some people are able to exercise them because they've practiced exercising them. They step out. Yes, their DNA, maybe they had it to start with in, you know, when they were born. However, if you really interviewed them and talked to them, they would say, no, it takes me great amounts of courage to step out and exercise this muscle. Maybe easier than you as an individual, but it doesn't mean that we can take that and say, oh, I don't need to demonstrate that because I don't have that. Well, that's not true. Every single person that I've met and coached now since 1996 has this courage muscle. It needs to be developed, nurtured, and worked on. You could have a coach. You could have a guide. The thing is, is you've got to have take the first step. So you first must lead you. And that takes courage to lead you to, to make that shift. But eventually... If you don't do it, you're your own worst enemy. When people come to one of your conference sessions, and I have done that, by the way, I will just tell our listeners, uh, like the one you're giving at Service Management World, uh, yes. which is uh, called The Common Denominator is the Differentiator, Lead Your Culture, which is kind of what we've been talking about here. Yes, what should is. they expect to take away from that session so that they can get into, into action right as soon as they get back to work they're going to they're going to get during this session a set of different ideas tools and concepts that they can begin to work on and implement immediately for example v comma m comma g comma m equals b vision mission goals measures equal behavior if anyone took that and began to implement it starting that day. And I will review anybody's if they send it to me. Okay. Um, they're going to change their life and change their career. If they deal with conflict, and I'm going to give a tool during the session to be able to deal with conflict in a healthy, honoring, respectful manner. And bring some insights to the differences that people have. Just learning that tool on their own. And maybe taking some initiative to find out more after the session, but but just taking and implementing what they learn at the session that day about these other people, it's going to change their career. So what they're going to get is 
these tools, these ideas, these uh, concepts that they can implement immediately and start building the muscles that you and I have been talking about during this podcast. Mike, thank you so much for your time. I super appreciate it, uh, and thanks for connecting, and I look forward to seeing you at Service Management World and, and meeting again with you. Thank you, Roy. I certainly look forward to meeting with you and getting to see. I haven't seen you now in a, in a while, and I'm so much looking forward to our time together. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for listening to SpotCast. We hope to see you at Service Management World. See the conference site at smworld.com. I'm your host, Roy Atkinson. Until next time, take care.